Brothers of the plow, the power is with you. The world in expectation waits for action prompt and true. Oppression stalks abroad, monopolies abound. Their giant hands already clutch the tillers of the ground. Awake then, awake, the great world must be fed. And heaven gives the power to the hand that holds the bread. Yes, brothers of the plow, the people must be fed. Hello, welcome to the American Writers 100 Pages at a Time podcast. And we are coming to the end of our of our Mark Twain series with uh with tom sawyer abroad we have we have a couple more novels after that uh tom sawyer detective and number 44 uh the mysterious stranger we'll do the long version of that um story um anyways what's there to say about this story first of all it's very very short it's it's basically a novella it's it's less than 100 pages and tom sawyer detective is even shorter which is fine because these aren't the most memorable books that that Mark Twain wrote. Um, Tom Sawyer Abroad um, by Huck Finn, edited by Mark Twain. It's uh, the way it's presented to us. Um, it was published in 1894. I kind of wish it was more of a, of a Huck Finn novel. In fact, it is in, in many ways. Our narrator is, is Huck Finn. And um, although there's not that much new here because the interplay between Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn, and Jim, who is along on this balloon ride to Africa and, and on the way back, is very similar to what we get in like The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Uh, we still have the interplay between the very uh, Tom Sawyer being very much a product of popular culture, being very much a reflection of, of, of the media right and and what is popular at the time and concerned about those kinds of things in fact our initiating event is that he wants to be the the most well-traveled person in his town and there's a competitor to it and this what leads him to to on to get on the balloon and then eventually the owner of the balloon dies and then they they kind of go on to to africa um that's the same uh huck finn being very practical realistic uh kind of seeing things as they are right not really not that he's not capable of metaphor but he's uh very direct right this even comes up when he says like the earth he basically says the earth is flat because that's how it looks right and him being on the balloon kind of changes his perspectives on that a little bit and then jim being uh more like hawk finn in that he's taking things more on face value, full of superstition. Um, not, you know, even though they both believe in superstition, I, I think they're not capable of seeing things metaphorically the way Tom Sawyer is. Tom Sawyer is able to see through superstitions more than the other two characters because they are more grassrooted in a way. They're more of, they're, they're closer to how people actually kind of experience and live their lives, I think. Um, they're not living in books the way Tom Sawyer is. So that dynamic between these characters is very similar. Um, there's a few bothersome aspects to this. Like, for instance, Jim is free at this point, but he still talks about Master Tom, uh, Master Hook. I think it's mostly Master Tom So that he uses. So he still is presented as kind of a subservient character. He, he doesn't really have, uh, you know, he's not Jim Freeman, you know, in that way. He's... St 
still yeah that character i think these characters haven't changed that much right and that, that's one thing that's going to initially bother some people if they read this is if you just stop at the adventures of huckleberry finn you know huckleberry finn was supposed to go west to indian country leave civilization behind him that's the last word we get of him but then we get him he's still in in um st petersburg he's still in missouri interacting with with tom sawyer interacting with jim um still having his like little adventures with, with tom sawyer um it's it's not that bad if this was sort of like fanfic which almost it is sort of like fan fiction i i actually don't know the publication history behind this what really inspired mark twain to do this was it just for the money was it was this just something to write to throw out to uh to sell a book at the end of his life i know he needed money um you know if 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 if, if mark twain was alive today you know he would have lost his shirt like on cryptocurrencies right or some something like that he was he was if he's not a tech bro he was tech bro adjacent right he was interested in technology and uh not and he wasn't critical of it in the way he he sometimes was he had this criticism to be had, but he, he, he kind of fell for technology a lot, right? And he was like the first to use a typewriter to write a book, one of the first to try to use an audio recording device to to write a book. That was, I think, the American Claimant. He wrote that way. Um, and, and of course, we know how he, he had bad investments with that. And, and technology runs through this book, too. Um, and, and I think one criticism I've had of Mark Twain is, is his lack of, I think, attention to how technologies actually manifest in systemic ways and how they they transform like how we actually think i mean someone like him should have been i think a little bit more edgy on the technology question and he's not i think the closest he gets is in connecticut yankee king arthur's court but um but that's fine i think he is very much of the gilded age in that sense enamored with american progress or whatever but the problem with this book, it seems to me, is not that it exists so much, but that its existence does threaten to take away some of the moral seriousness of the adventures of Huckleberry Finn, right? Um, now, it is a biracial gang of outlaws commandeering a hot air balloon and going on adventures, which is kind of based and kind of wild, and I certainly can praise that. Um, but I think we we sort of want to leave Huck Finn where he was and, and we don't see the growth. The diction's the same. The way he interacts with Tom Sawyer is very similar. The way he interacts with Jim is, is kind of similar. And, and it's in matter of fact, many of their interactions are like how they were at the beginning of the adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Um, and that moral growth is not really the, where he wants to pick up the story. Right. I, I really, I think if this would just been a Tom Sawyer story without Huck Finn, maybe it would have been more realistic. It, it actually fits Tom Sawyer's character a little bit. Like, go on an adventure. We got a hot air balloon here. Let's commandeer it. Let's take off with it and, and have our little adventure. And you can throw Jim into that story, too, if, if you want. I think there's still issues with how he portrays Jim in this story. But, you know, do that. But I, I think leave Huck Finn out of this in, in a way. I mean... Huck Finn here, he does do things. He is a narrator and he is that uh, back and he gives that back and forth with Tom Sawyer. But I think another character could have maybe fit into that. 
um, you know, in my mind, um, in my mind, that it, like that's where Huck Finn should have been left off. But anyways, as the story begins, Tom Sawyer is in this little bit of a fix. Uh, he has this good tale to tell. In fact, the fact that Huck Finn's adventures are kind of sidelined and it's all about Tom Sawyer's adventures, I think, is on purpose and significant here. But um, he comes back from this with this role of Farine Jim. He got shot in the leg. So he's the great traveler of St. Petersburg. But Nat Parsons also came back from travels to Washington, D.C. with all sorts of stories. And so there's like a competition over like who was a better traveler. They even joke that like, oh, um, Tom had more of a latitudinal adventure, which was significant. But Parsons had more of a longitudinal, you know, an east-west travel. And like there's a debate like which is better and which is more significant and what's a more interesting story to be had. Um, Tom's at risk of losing his status as town hero when Nat Parsons returns. And it's in a parochial place like St. Petersburg. It's not that difficult for our characters to build up reputation. And, and of course, Tom Sawyer already has a reputation that he's trying to live up to. He had the whole Injun Joe thing and the finding the money. And then he had the, the return from, from the adventures of Free and Jim, which, of course, was all a lark. Obviously, and, and that's not really addressed morally here any more than it is at the end of Elf Huck Finn. So anyways, Tom commits himself to going abroad as a way to preserve his threatened status as village adventurer. So eventually they have their encounter with a scientist and his hot air balloon. The scientist dies during early way on their travels, and then the three of them are left alone on this balloon, and they plan to go to England and, and back on by boat or something. And um, and instead, the three of them um, reach Africa, uh, in the Sahara Desert, where they run into lions. I I do think there are lions in like the Sahel. I don't think lions do too well in the desert. I'm I'm kind of doubting that but there they are there's a lion in the desert here uh that they have to deal with and and fight and and run away from um eventually they cross the sahara desert the two of the three of them i should say because uh, jim's there he's a major part of the story um across the sahara they eventually get to the pyramids which of course is somewhere that uh, mark twain himself visited they see uh uh cairo um it's a bit of a joke, I suppose, Cairo, because it's the same town. It's the same name that was Huck and Jim's destination in the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Maybe that's on purpose. I don't know. I think it's also just a place that Mark Twain himself has traveled to, so he could report on pretty well. And once they're there, they send a telegraph home, and then they they await their return. That's the story. There's not much there. There, like I said, it's very short. It's only ninety pages. Um, 13 short chapters. Um, there is a treasure subplot here, which is if they, they need more treasure. Um, where, But this is all stuff that Tom Sawyer likes. I, I will give it that this is more of a Tom Sawyer type adventure because it's about reputation and clout. Uh, it's not about the moral seriousness that we have in Hawk Finn's adventures. Um, so I think the title is right. I, I just kind of wish Huck Finn and Jim were like not in the story. It had just been... Maybe Tom Sawyer. I like to hear Tom Sawyer reporting. You know, we don't get Tom Sawyer's narrative voice the way we get Huck Finn's narrative voice. 
Um, and I'd be interested to see more what's what's in his head from his point of view. I think it's the same in Tom Sawyer Detective, which is also told by Hookfin. Um, but anyways, anything to say? Can we stop now? Uh, um, I don't know. I think back to tourism. I'm, as you know from this series, kind of opposed to tourism. First, it's ecologically kind of not good. Uh, inter international air travel is costly and expensive, and I do it way too much because I live abroad. Probably should do it less. Um, but as long as like airlines are being, you know, our air tickets are relatively cheap compared to the ecological cost of them, people are still going to travel that way. Um, but the point here seems to be that travel and tourism is mostly about bragging rights. Um, and, and I think there's some truth to that. Like, all right, you can go to a beach in like the Philippines and just relax. But there's probably a beach closer to you. Um, so why do it there? It's like you can have a very similar experience, especially now in the age of globalization, um, where these I think these tourist experiences are more contrived. Um, but anyways, Tom Sawyer himself has no plans for going abroad before he felt that his position as like the village traveler has been threatened. Huck Finn, of course, has little interest regardless, although he should be wanting to go west to Indian country. Um, now, it used to be Tom Sawyer was happy enough having adventures based on pure imagination, right? The pirate gangs or the being the robbers or whatever. Um, and he never had troubles before with that. Prison escapes, the, the escaping of, of Jim from prison, playing pirate, playing robber, whatever. Travel was never strictly required, right? Um, so in this sense, Tom Sawyer is growing up into a man who needs to like show off to his peers. Um, showing off, being showing off kind of moves to this unfortunate level of having to be real, not really based on imagination. Um, anyways, you know my feelings about tourism, I think. Uh, I, I kind of miss the imaginative uh, explorations, um, less this, the seriousness that we get. This is, a, in a sense, a more real adventure story. I don't know, maybe it's parroting kind of the Jules Verne kind of stuff. It, it sort of is with the balloon. But everything is so fake in, in tourism, right? That the experiences one has are either stuff you could have at home. The difference maybe is you bring home like photos, videos, blog posts, overpriced, junk from gym, gym, gift shops, all that stuff. Um, it just shows that you traveled. It's for the bragging rights, right? How many people posted on their social media that this is where I went, this is where I travel. It also creates false memories. He's smiling at the camera, all that kind of stuff. And it's going to be that case for Tom Sawyer because we don't get the stories he tells. He, we know he calls himself the aeronaut. The, the, the telegram he sends home is, Tom Sawyer, the aeronaut, sends his loved Aunt Polly from Mount Sinai where the ark was. And so does Huck Finn. And she will get it tomorrow morning half past six not mentioning um jim here at all um it was kind of there's there's this issue with jim kind of returning to africa which um you know he's aware of his origin his family's his people's origins in africa and he he kind of he, but he's not in the place he would have been from it's like 
it's falling into the idea of Africa as a as just a single continent with black people in it rather than like different areas. I think that's why we get a lion in the Sahara Desert. It's like there's not that concern about seeing Africa as it really is, which is a bit unfortunate. And it's it, maybe it's fine for like a kid's book, but it's um, not one I think we have to take too seriously or talk too much about. Um, it does have a more humorous didactic structure based uh, on the fact that Tom Sawyer attended school regularly while Huck and Finn and Jim, Huck Finn and Jim were still very vernacular in their knowledge. But that's just the old dynamic we had between these characters. Several times in this novel, Huck or Jim would make the mistake a fact and Tom Sawyer would lecture them on the truth um, that he got through his book learning. Um, like... At one point, Huck, when they're tra crossing over by the on the on the balloon, Huck says, "We haven't changed states because the grass hasn't changed colors." And his idea here is that maps show states as different colors, of course. But Tom corrects him on this. Um, Tom often is giving lessons on the jumping ability of fleas, the nature of the Sphinx, the extent of the Sahara Desert, and and Tom Sawyer is our educated narrator because we lost the professor, the, the scientist who had the balloon. We lose him early in the novel. Maybe it would have been better. I, actually, I think Tom Sawyer bouncing off of this adult may have been a more interesting story um, than just kind of repeating the dynamic we've, we've already been used to. Um, it makes Tom kind of in a pretty unimaginative bore throughout much of the novel, which is not how we want to remember him, I think. Um, being right all the time is no fun, and, and we want him to be. Maybe this is just him growing up. I, I guess that's one way we can read this. Um, you know, it's good to be wrong several times a day, right? So, to quote the novel, quote, The professor had laid everything a body could want. He couldn't have been better fixed. There weren't no milk for the coffee. There was water and everything else you'd want. And a charcoal stove and the fixing of it. The pipes, the cigars and matches, and wine and liquor, which weren't in our line. The books and maps and charts and an accordion, uh, furs and blankets... And an end of rubbish like glass beads and brass jewelry. This is uh, the needs and wants one has for a travel. He's well stacked for a tourist trip. He is, his bags are packed. And he's going to go on this, eventually what turns out to be a sightseeing tour with a few like adventures tied in. Now there's stuff in here with interacting with Muslim people and uh, caravans in the Sahara. But it's a very much uh, kind of... If you were to read, a, have some lessons in your textbook about Africa, this is what you get. Oh, there's lions in Africa. There's caravans across the Sahara. There's the Sahara Desert. There's black people. And there's Egypt. And Egypt has these cool sites, which you used to see. And that's kind of what we get here. There's no really value added here. In fact, if anything, I think Tom Sawyer's character is kind of lessened by all this. So, Yeah. I, I do have slightly better point of view about um, Tom Sawyer Detective, which is actually even shorter. Um, but this one is not that great. So I'm going to leave it at that. And I'll let you uh, read it if you want. It's not. Uh, yeah, don't don't bother with it unless you really want to be a Mark Twain completionist. It's not even that particularly funny. Uh, it doesn't have the darkness of like Stranger Mysterious Stranger, number 44. It's, it just exists. 
I guess it's it's like a little piece of juvenilia. But even if you're a kid, read read the Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Don't read this. So that's all about uh, Tom Sawyer Abroad. Um, I don't know. Maybe if you think there's more in this book than I do, let me know what you think that is. Uh, send me an email or leave a comment below. Uh, thanks for listening, and I will see you next time. Of the plow, come rally once again. Come gather from the prairie wide, the hillside and the plain. Not as in days of yore, with trump of battle sound. But come and make the world respect the tillers of the ground. Awake then, awake.